Despite renewed attention to the lack of diversity among physicians and within medical institutions, many are still falling short when it comes to recruiting students, trainees, and faculty from groups that are marginalized or underrepresented in medicine. These gaps have important implications for public health and for efforts to address racial health inequities. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Winfred Williams, a Deputy Editor at the Journal, Associate Chief of the Massachusetts General Hospital Division of Nephrology, and Founding Director of the MGH Center for Diversity and Inclusion. Dr. Williams, could you start by explaining some of the benefits of having a diverse workforce in medicine? Why is enhanced diversity important for patients and for public health in general? I think that there is now compelling evidence, overwhelming evidence, that workforce diversity, especially workforce diversity pertaining to physicians of color and nurses of color, adds enormous value to decision-making and scientific inquiry on the front lines of medicine. We now care for increasingly diverse patient populations, and I think one of the benefits of having an enhanced diversity in physician workforces that from peer education, peer-to-peer interactions, one learns really some of the basic tenets of incorporating cultural competency in the way you dispense medical care. And I think a lot of that is learned from experiences with a training group that in and of itself is diverse. The value of cultural competency has really come to the fore in the past 20 years, and that needs to be embedded in medical school as well as residency training curricula so that, again, the value of diversity and having a diverse workforce is underscored. In the past few years, there's been heightened focus on recruiting more diverse groups of medical students, trainees, and faculty. Do you see where any of these efforts have been particularly successful? Steve, I think this has been a huge challenge in medicine. In the New England Journal of Medicine, we published in April 2021 a report from Morrison and colleagues that examined four decades from 1978 through 2019 on how successful or not medical school admissions had been in terms of enhancing the diversity of their matriculant classes. What that report shows is that the gap, as it were, far from closing is actually widening over that period of time for some groups that are underrepresented in medicine. While there is a modest increase in enrollment of Black women over that period, say from about 3.6 to 4.4%, the increasing enrollment of other groups was really quite limited. And in fact, the percentage of Black men decreased from 3.1 to about 2.9%, essentially remaining flat or negative. And there was minimal net change in the percentage of Hispanic men enrolled in medical school classes. This is a huge, I think, challenge for medical school admission, certainly in the United States, as these are grim statistics showing that despite numerous focused efforts on increasing underrepresented groups in medicine, still these efforts are languishing. And then even when an institution has managed to recruit people from diverse backgrounds, those people aren't always supported or valued. So what steps do you think institutions need to take to ensure that all students, trainees, and faculty can succeed? I think a key answer to this is that leadership in institutions of higher medical education need to embrace the value of enhancing diversity amongst their ranks. And this has to come from the most senior leadership in an institution. These leaders have a critical role in defining their institution's culture, where institutions 
have trustees and university presidents and deans and department chairs stressing the importance of a diverse workforce, then diversity flourishes. So I think a critical step in providing an environment of cultural inclusion is to enhance that climate of inclusion, such as hosting organization-wide discussions about the benefits of diversity and cultural sensitive training for faculty. So in a new perspective article, Quinn Capers essentially agrees with you, says that senior leaders in particular have a critical role in defining that institutional culture. So how can medical institutions hold those leaders accountable for enhancing diversity and promoting that inclusive environment that you're talking about? When senior leaders clearly demonstrate that they value diversity, they value a diverse workforce, and that this is a key mission-driven directive of the institution, they make sure that those who are in charge of enhancing diversity amongst their ranks are held accountable. So accountability is key. So I believe that leaders and their direct reports should be held accountable for the success or failure of attempts to enhance diversity. If department chairs are charged with increasing the hiring and retention of those who are underrepresented on their faculty, residency program directors with enhancing resident diversity, admission deans with enhancing student diversity, this sends a very strong message that diversity is embraced in an institution. And what's more, accountability really needs to go far enough so that these appointed leaders understand that their reappointments depend in part on the success of achieving this metric in their institutions. So this idea that leaders will be held accountable for enhancing diversity and that a list of metrics is attached to their reappointments, that then ensures, I think, that the incentive is in place now to ensure that this is a part of the cultural fabric of that institution. Finally, outside their walls, what role do you think medical institutions should play in supporting students from groups that are underrepresented in medicine, in the local community, or advocating for changes to policies that contribute to that underrepresentation? Many institutions across the country and the United States, many elite medical institutions are really surrounded by communities in their catchment areas that are underserved. They're surrounded by those who are underrepresented and vulnerable populations. And so these centers, I think, can do a great deal by just having robust community outreach programs to enrich the supply of students from diverse backgrounds who might want to prepare themselves to pursue medical careers. Many institutions, including my own, have community outreach programs in which faculty and health professions, students interact with children at the secondary school age, high school age, to inspire them to achieve despite the many obstacles and lack of resources in their communities. There may be clinical skills laboratories in medical schools and teaching hospitals, and they are ideal settings for proctored, mentored, hands-on activities, for example, for high school students that might be encouraged to pursue careers in medicine. Thank you, Dr. Williams.